0: Welcome to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. We are a local church in East London, here to be a beacon of hope for Hoxton. And our mission is to worship God, make disciples, share Jesus and transform Hoxton. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, As Stephen has said and I've said before, my name is John um, and uh, I'm part of the team here at St. John's Hoxton. Uh, And I am from a place called Leeds, which is up north. Um, And what that means is when I buy plates, I buy plates that have a big rim so I can fit the most amount of gravy in them. Um, That's a joke, a bad one. Um, I'm married to the lovely Rachel here. Yeah? Thank you. She's great. If you haven't spoken to her yet, you should. um, I love music, uh, and I work here at St. John's. Um, And what we've been doing over the past few weeks is um, going over a sermon series called The Classics. Uh, Last week um, Stephen came and spoke to us about Daniel and the Lion's Den, a classic story. And this week we're going to cover one of my absolute favourites, which is David and Goliath. And a bit of context to this um, story uh, was based uh, in 1000 BBC not BBC, BC, roughly, uh, which is about 3,000 years ago. And it was about two groups of people. It was about the Israelites and the Philistines. And the two countries really didn't get on. Um, the Philistines one day decided to start a war with Israel. And Israel said... Okay, can you do it on Thursday? And let's do it in the Valley of Elah. So they pitched up in the Valley of Elah on Thursday. Uh, and the Philistines took one hill and the Israelites and um, Saul, who's the, uh, the king of Israel at the time, took the other. Um, and every army has a big gun. Um, the British had the Spitfire, Romans had chariots, Toy Story had Buzz Lightyear, and the Philistines had Goliath. Uh, Goliath was an absolute beast. He was three metres tall. He wore thick, bronze-heavy armour, uh, and he'd been brought up as a warrior from youth, uh, and he definitely ate his wheatpicks. Goliath uh, stepped forward in the Israelite armies because they were both um, ready to fight. They were in their battle lines, and he, he stood in front of the line, and he started shouting at the Israelites. He said something along the lungs of, "'Someone, anyone, come and fight me, "'and if I win and you die, "'you'll become our slaves.'" And if I win, and you die. And if I die, and you win, we'll become your slaves. That's the right one. Answer, um, David. We've covered Goliath, now David, uh, the main guys in this story. He was a young lad, a shepherd, the son of a man called Jesse, who is um, the youngest of eight brothers. Uh, And the seven brothers were in the Israelite Israelite army, but David was a bit too young and a bit too small uh, to fight when this battle was going on. So one uh, one day David was sent out by his father to go and see his brothers, to go and give them some food uh, and uh, to check that they were still alive probably. When David arrived, Goliath was still asking for a fight for one of the Israelite army, or the king. Uh, And David got quite annoyed at this, and he started talking to the other soldiers. He was probably saying, what does this guy think he's doing? Who does he think he is? And then he looked at how tall he was and thought, oh yes, he's bigger than everyone else. Um, And what we're going to do now is we're going to read on from the story. So um, the reading today is from 1 Samuel 17, verse 31 to 50. And that is on page 289. I'm just going to give you a second to find your place in the Bibles. So, 1 Samuel 17, verse 31 to 50. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. I'm going to pause here. What David says, and what he means when he says, your servant, is he's talking about himself. He's volunteering himself. He says, me. That's what i say. saying. Let's carry on. Verse 33. Saul replied, you are not able to go against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it and killed it Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them Because he has defied the armies of the living God The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion The paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened this sword over his tunic and he tried walking around because he wasn't used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherding bag and a sling in his hands and approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bare in front of him, kept coming close to David. Um, he, uh, and the Philistine, uh, he looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come with me with, come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. And David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut your head off. This very day I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gathered here will know that there, but it was not by the sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it, struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Boom. What a story. Um, it is very cinematic, very dramatic, a great classic of the Bible. And David, unqualified, unequipped, too young little David killed a war-bred giant. And this evening, what I want to talk about is the secret to David's success. And hopefully, take some of what David had and apply it to our own lives. And before we do that, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you um, that you're here this evening. We thank you for these classics, these stories that um, some of them that actually happen, some um, people think are stories, but we just thank you for them all the same. And Jesus, we hope this evening that you would just teach us a little bit of what David had in your name. Amen. So what was the secret to David's success? Um, Well, in short, the secret to David's success was that he trusted God because he had a great relationship with him. And uh, when you water a plant, it grows. And uh, for it to continue to grow, you need to keep watering it, little and often. Relationships are much like this plant. For a relationship to grow, there has to be some watering, some investment, some input. Uh, And I'm married to Rachel, as I said before. Uh, And our relationship didn't just come from nowhere. It took time to grow. Earlier in 1 Samuel, uh, it talks about uh, some of the times that David took to grow his relationship with God. As I said um, earlier and mentioned in the story that David was a shepherd uh, and what happens when you're a shepherd uh, is you spend a lot of time watching sheep grazing. And as you can imagine that's quite boring and there's lots of spare time on your hands. So what David used to do is he used to take his, um, his harp out with him, he used to play his instrument, he used to sing and write songs and worship and pray to God. David spent years growing his relationship with God on his own in the secret place, in the fields, where it was just him and God. And it was this relationship, this faith, this trust that enabled David to kill Goliath. And that's why this evening, if I was going to call this talk anything, it would be called the power in the secret place. Tim Keller said, our public ministry is the overflow of our private devotion. And my old, old youth leader once said to me, I don't know anyone who's done amazing things for Jesus that doesn't have a great relationship with him. Jesus himself was always retreating uh, to the secret place, up mountains, in gardens, along beaches to pray. And look what he did. He turned water into wine. He fed the 5,000. He did miracles, signs, wonders. He even raised someone from the dead. Jesus' public ministry changed the, changed the world forever, and he impacted so many lives, and even today. And little David, uh, spending hours praying and worshipping in the secret place in the field, killed a giant with a stone because of his faith and intimate relationship with God. And later he became the king of Israel. But John, I you say, I fall asleep when I pray. I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand what it says in the Old Testament. Why is there lists and lists of names? I don't get it. And I find it a bit boring. And if you're here this evening and you relate to some of those, those things, I'm here to tell you, I absolutely agree. Um, through all my life, this has been a battle. Through all my life, this has been a struggle. Um, but when I look at David's life, into the, day, the story of David and Goliath, um, that's the end result of a great relationship. Um, but as we um, unpack a bit of his life, we begin to see some gold, some real things to learn. So here is David's guide to the secret place. And if you're writing notes um, about this, I'm going to do this in a really helpful way and give you three points. Number one, do life with God. Um, David did real life with God. Throughout his life, he had many struggles, but he chose to partner with God through all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. David wrote a lot uh, of the book of Psalms and what the book of Psalms is in the Bible, which is about, I think, a third of the way through, um, it's, a, it's a, a, com, a compile of uh, songs and poems that uh, David wrote. Uh, he wrote about half of them as well. Um, and what the Psalms do is it gives us a little window into David's relationship with God. Uh, and I'm just going to quote a few of them for you now. Psalm 3, Lord, how many are my foes? Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 103, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. There are so many Psalms that I could have shown that show real uh, and raw emotion. But what they do show is an intimate relationship where David did real life with God, where he shared real emotion. And stuff that isn't just, you know, small talk. Stuff that's, that, that could only come from a really close relationship. Um, I used to work in Morrison's. Uh, when I was a teenager, when I was at school, uh, and I worked on a Saturday. Most of the time I did a big shift on a Saturday. uh, And what I did when I um, went in on a Saturday, I talked to the same people, because when you do one day a week, you see the same people that work that day every week too. Um, And as I spoke to them, I used to roughly have the same conversations with them, and I would never really get past, oh, how was your week? Or what time do you finish today?" and, uh, but when I went home from working at Morrison's or hung out with my friends, I used to get into um, deeper relationship uh, and deeper kind of conversation where I'd share my, my deep thoughts, my deep feelings, and um, my struggles, my joys. Sometimes I've treated God like a Morrison's work colleague, where I would do the same stuff, pray the same things, and read the same bit of the Bible. But David treated God like a friend. David didn't have a Sunday-only relationship with God. It was daily, it was honest, vulnerable and real. So that was number one, do life with God. Number two, don't give up. David had many triumphs as well as many failures and so did his relationship with God. Whether that's as a boy or a king. But what happened uh, when David had some struggles is he kept, kept coming back to God. He was persistent. David was even called a man after God's own heart. And coming back to that plant we spoke about earlier, for a plant to gr- to grow, you need to water it a little bit and often. And my brother, um, uh, I'm, there's four of us siblings, there's my mum and dad, and then uh, there's, my, there's my brother, my other brother, then there's me and my sister in that order, I'm number three. Uh, and my eldest brother had a baby about two years ago. Um, and since then I've been watching her grow and as I look back at pictures and videos from when she was a baby I see how much she's grown and how fast and what happens um, when we read the Bible um, sorry I have a habit of getting really lost in my notes when I walk away so if I ever walk away it's like a pantomime what you can do is just say no, no, don't go, don't go near the edge John don't do that stay here, stay here so Feel free to shout at me if I go too far away. Um, <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> so my brother, uh, yes, my uh, my niece, when I look back at pictures of her, um, I see how far she's come and how much she has grown. Here we are. And something... Um, <laughs> And when we keep at it, when we keep our relationship with God, what we do, if we do it every day, like the plant, if we do it little and often, we look back and we see how far that we've come with God. And something that's really worth not giving up on, uh, so we can see the fruits of it, is reading the Bible. The Bible is often hard to understand, but it's the living word of God today. Uh, John 8 verse 31. Um, so Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Reading the Bible isn't just watering the plant uh, that is your, your relationship with God. What happens when you read the Bible is you get watered too. And uh, I appreciate the Bible, the Bible is quite hard, often quite hard to understand or... Um, quite hard to to even open and look at where do you you start Um, but something I'd really recommend to you if if that is you one of the best ways that you can learn to understand the Bible is um, in community and here that means joining a connect group so if you haven't joined a connect group and uh, if you'd like to join the young adults connect group that Stephen and and Renata spoke about earlier but there's a number of other connect groups that that meet during the week come and chat to me and Stephen uh, or Caroline after the service So that was number two, don't give up. Number three, shake it up. And no, that's not a Taylor Swift quote. Um, The amount of different activities that David did with God was absolutely vast. Um, He prayed, he worshipped, he wrote songs, poems, he read and recited scripture, he danced, he cried, and he wept. When I first decided to um, start spending time with God on a regular basis, um, I I decided to do the same thing every day so it would be easy and accessible. And when I could wake up early, it would be almost second nature. And I really enjoyed it and it gave me a lot of life for a short amount of time. But as I did it more and more, what I found was that I, I began to get a bit bored of it and it began to lose a bit of life. So something that we can learn from David is that persistence um, and routine is good. But something about God is that he's creative. And that the very first verse in the Bible says, In the beginning, God created he's a creative god and we were created to create and be creative so stick a time and stick to it place a time and stick to it um and set a place and stick to it but what you do in that time and in that place there's so much you can do so that was number one if i can find number one (laughs) Uh, number one do life with god number two don't give up. And number three, shake it up. And all this time, I've been telling you to be like David. Uh, and as I come into land this evening, um, what I want to do is tell you how we're different uh, to David. David lived in the Old Testament, and that means the Old Covenant. And that basically means before Jesus. And David had to do do things in order to earn a relationship with God he had to sacrifice animals and so that he could be forgiven and uh, and he lived under the law when no one but a few special people could get to God but what happened when Jesus came to earth is he said there's a day coming where there'll be no gap between us and God for those who believe and forgiveness for every sin and when Jesus went to the cross he took everything that we did that hurt someone or hurt ourselves all the sin all the mess all the crap of our lives And then Jesus, um, and what happened when Jesus went to the cross, he took that sin. And when he was on the cross, as he died, so did all of our sin, so did all of our mess. And then he rose from the grave, went to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit. And that is what the difference is between us and David, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here today. And when we read the Bible, he points things out to us. When we pray, he tells us what to pray for. When we listen, he speaks. And for so much of my life, I felt insecure a lot about, about a lot of things and, um, and not good enough in, in and of myself to do things that I felt God was pushing me to do or to do things that I felt um, I should be doing. But David, he was too small. He was too young. He was Unqualified. He wasn't ready, um, but when a giant came along, it was this fundamental relationship and trust and faith in God that enabled him to be steady when a giant faced him in, in front of him. And in my life, it isn't me that has to be good enough already. It's Jesus Christ in me that is. Because his power is made perfect in our weakness. So if there's something that I want you to take away, uh, from this talk, it's, yes, those three points of, of practical advice. But um, if, our, if his power is made perfect in our weakness, let's be weak. Let's be broken. Because we can't solve knife crime. We can't fix the political turmoil in our nation. We can't fix broken relationships. We can't slay giants. But it's Jesus in us who can So let's be broken. Let's be weak. So that Jesus can solve knife crime. So that Jesus can fix the political turmoil in our nation. So that Jesus can fix broken relationships and slay the giants. So that he can do it through us and in us. David's secret to success was in the secret place. And David teaches us to do life with God. To not give up. To water the plant little and often. To shake it up. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us. And it's not us that has to be good enough. Because Jesus' power is made perfect in our weakness. And it's Jesus we find. And in Jesus we find our identity. Amen. Thanks for listening to the St. John's Hoxton podcast. New talks will be uploaded every week from all of our services. Do check out our website stjohnshoxton.org.uk for more information.